On today's episode, Mona and I are discussing how to foster a healthy relationship with those you're locked in with during this coronation, <laughs> and how to maintain a meaningful relationship with those you can't see. Whether it's your love language or not, today's episode will help you cultivate some quality time. Millennials, a weekly podcast by two millennial sisters, Katie and Mona, whose mission is to help you navigate millennial living. We discuss health, work, relationships, and spirituality. Our dream is to reach as many people as possible and hopefully have a positive impact on their lives. To help us with this mission, please like, subscribe, and share this episode. Whether you're a millennial or not, we hope you have at least one takeaway from today's episode. Let's get to it. So this is an unprecedented time in our lives. I think we can all agree with that. One for the books, for sure. Definitely. And I think with this change or with this abnormality that we're living with, right? Like there's also a shift in many of our relationships for better or for worse, right? And um, we were thinking this means that we kind of all need to perhaps get kind of creative in the ways that we stay in touch with people, get creative in the ways that we live in our houses with our spouse, with our family, with our housemates, with our roommates, whatever it happens to be, um, to really kind of create new, I don't know, a new normal for our relationships, I guess. Exactly. And for some of us, we may be living with family or friends, right? As Katie said, for some of us, we may be living alone. We want to take this opportunity to, you know, do a little public service announcement and bring awareness to those who are stuck in domestic abuse situations or on, or are unable to leave unsafe environments. If you, a loved one or someone, you know, is experiencing domestic violence, they can reach out to the, the domestic violence hotline at 1-800-799-7233. And we just sort of wanted to take this opportunity to bring awareness to to that situation. Yeah, because obviously this creates a much more challenging environment for those in these situations. And I'm sure we can all sort of acknowledge that even for maybe those of us living in and what, what used to be an ideal situation, maybe it's a little more stressful now. Or maybe it's a little more difficult to get along with the people you're living with because it's sort of getting... Well, I mean, what, we've been three weeks, two weeks into this sort of isolation and quarantine. And so um, how do we navigate these new relationships? Yeah, I think tension is a good way to kind of describe it. That I think everybody that I've talked to, right, is experiencing some kind of tension or stress in their current environment, Mm -hmm. whether they're alone, right, and there's that stress or with their spouse or with their children or with their roommates, like there's just new tension now because this is a totally new experience that we don't know, we don't know how to navigate in the same way we do with normal living, normal life. And so Katie and I really wanted to sort of um, not get too bogged down with all the negatives because there's a lot of negatives with coronavirus and everything like that. Instead, we wanted to offer some really helpful solutions. So our quality time is going to be a two-part episode. Our first part, which is today, will be on quality time with those you live with. Part two, which will be next week, is going to be on quality time with those that you can't see anymore. And then the following week, we're actually going to bring a guest on to help us navigate this weird time in our work lives and, um, and sort of how, how do we navigate this 
really unprecedented time in, in work. Right. Especially for those who are unemployed or who are going to be or who are furloughed or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So we're actually going to talk with a 35-year human resources veteran um, to kind of walk us through some tips and tricks for taking advantage of this time if we find ourselves in that situation. Yeah, so that's our next couple of weeks. So stay tuned, share this with friends. Um, So why don't we just sort of dive into this quality time with those you live with? I think one of the things that has helped me is to really... um, I guess spend a little time in silence each day, but like recognizing the things that like do annoy you in the others and then actively work at telling yourself like, I need to be patient with them, right? Like I need to love them in this way. Like they're, they're also stressed or they also are experiencing tension mm. and it's coming out perhaps in ways that it doesn't normally come out or I don't see manifest mm-hmm. like this most days. And, and being able to kind of recognize those things and then working at having yeah. patience, I think is really important. And I think two distinctions in, in doing that, right? So how do we do this? When we acknowledge the shortcomings or the frustrations of other people, this isn't like, there's a fine line between acknowledging that and accepting that and like gossip and resentment, right? And this isn't, we're not saying like, oh, just like call and complain about people in your lives or that you're living with. But I think it's a step back. It's an introspective. What about this person or what about this situation is annoying me so that you can grow. And I think something that helps us grow with this patience and living with other people that we might be a little frustrated with, or maybe we don't understand is this mantra of, people are doing the best with what they have. Mm-hmm. And that might be acknowledging that what they have right now, maybe not be, it might not be enough or it might fall short, but it's acknowledging that at least they're doing the best with what they have. No one wakes up being like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to piss Katie off today. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to be a real jerk no, all day. Right. So there's a shortcoming, there's a failing, there's a falling. And like, we also have that in us, right? Like we are doing the best with what we have. And that might not be a lot right now. Um, and I think too, again, because this is an unprecedented time, sometimes our stress and our tension comes out in ways that maybe we aren't even aware mm. of, right? That they might come out in a way that maybe we're snapping more, or maybe we're doing kind of crazy, like a little bit neurotic things or maybe whatever it happens to be. And again, this is us dealing with tension. This is us dealing with stress and doing the very best we can. And maybe that means you are a voracious hand washer right mm. now. Ferocious. 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 Whatever. Maybe you are like every 15 minutes washing your hand or every five seconds sipping hot liquids or whatever it happens to be. But recognizing mm-hmm. either in yourself or in your partner or in your roommate or your child um, that these are manifestations of, of the tension and the stress yeah. that are coming out. And perhaps that person doesn't even recognize that this is how that's being, mm-hmm. that's coming forth. Mm-hmm. I think another thing is sort of um, taking a deep breath and I, and which is funny, but that it, it's funny how that can be so helpful because it seems so small, but sort of taking a step back and taking a deep breath, reminding yourself of these little mantras that you have or that like this person is not intentionally trying to hurt me or they're doing the best with what they have or, you know, this is just one of their weird quirks and I have to get used to it right now. Um, but really taking a step back and taking a deep breath and like sort of recentering yourself and recognizing this really unique time we live in and that 
this is not an easy time for anybody. Mm -hmm. And I think too, it could also be helpful is like that thing that annoys you. Is there's also something positive of that thing, Mm -hmm. whatever it happens to be, maybe they're, I don't know, reading the news obsessively, right? Mm -hmm. Like, but there are some positives that come from that because they're going to know when the governor extends Mm -hmm. that deadline or when whatever it happens to be, right? So that's reframing, right? right? Where we take a situation and we put a different frame around it. So, you know, this person is incessantly reading the news instead of being like, that's so obnoxious. Maybe we reframe that and say, wow, I have someone in my house that's going to keep me informed. And And I don't have to now. And I don't have to do it because they will. Or... Someone is incessantly washing their hands. Thank God they care so much about being cleanly right now because mm-hmm. it could be the opposite and that would be horrible, right? Yeah, if someone's not being a little, you know, not cleanly and not recognizing the importance of, you know, the health. The yeah. Health the reframing. Right I think the reframing and the reminding ourselves constantly that the other person and ourselves too, having that self-compassion are doing the very best that they can are two really key things. Yeah. For this quality time we're spending with the people we're basically locked in the house with. And this isn't to say that you shouldn't talk through things or that you should just bite the bullet every time. I'm a big proponent of picking your battles. So there are some things that maybe we should acknowledge and some things that we should let go. And so I think the other tip that Katie and I have is to talk through things. Discuss your worries, your fears, and your annoyances and have healthy conflict resolution. Yeah, I think... I think having those conversations, you know, some people recommend every morning, you just kind of have a little sit down powwow, or maybe it's once a week, and you Mm -hmm. just talk these things through. Because a lot of times we're feeling that anxiety or that fear or that tension or that annoyance. Mm -hmm. And the other person is completely clueless. Maybe the other person is completely clueless that we're afraid, or they're completely clueless that this certain thing stresses us out, right? And so having that opportunity to talk in a in a not judgmental way, in a not accusatory way, but in a very like, I'm going to share what's going on with me, you share what's going on with you, and let's find solutions mm-hmm. or let's find compromises or whatever it happens to be can be very cathartic, I think. Yeah. And starting with, it's a simple phrase of, I feel X, insert emotion, when you insert action. Because now I'm not accusing you or saying that you're stupid or bad or an idiot for doing X, Y, Z. I'm saying that this action, maybe well-intended or not, had this impact on my emotions, and I need to let you know that. And it sort of diffuses what could be a very conflict-ridden, accusatory situation or, or statement or argument, right? So I feel really anxious when you talk about the news every single day. And it would be really helpful for me if you, you know, only talked about it at breakfast. Right. Or only, right? And sort of letting... The um, your emotion, like what you're acknowledging, what you're feeling, and then also offering a solution for that person so that they know how to help you. Yeah, or I feel really stressed every time you're um, checking the grocery list yeah. or the the pantry list that yeah. maybe you have, and and that's overwhelming for me, or whatever mm-hmm. it happens to be. But really, just acknowledging that and then talking about like, okay, but maybe you do need to have a list of what's in your pantry so that you know what's there mm-hmm. and what's not there. But is there a way that that can take place? in a way that's not overwhelming for yeah. you. And maybe that's you need to reframe or maybe the other person needs to change the way they're yeah. doing something. Or maybe someone is giving you this feedback and to take that feedback graciously, knowing that this person is trying to maintain a good relationship with you. So they're reaching out and they're saying, you know, 
when you do this, it's annoying to me and or frustrating or scary or whatever it may be when you get that feedback, receiving that graciously, right? Mm -hmm. Thanking the person for saying that to you as long as, I mean, it's totally like respectful conversation, right? And then just seeing like what they need from you, what you need from them. And I think there's, I mean, in the field of psychology, there's this understanding that there's about, like, five conflict resolution, like, personalities, basically. We have the avoidant person, where they're just going to avoid conflict and run away. Um, the, the compromise, right, where the person is one person or party and is always compromising. They're always giving in. The, the competitive one, where I'm going to fight with you until I win. And then the accommodating of like, I will give you and I will do, it's very similar to sort of the compromise, except it's not, the compromise is a mutual of conflict resolution. The accommodate is I give in. And then the, the collaborative where that's far more of like a discussion. And so I think a discussion between the two parties of recognizing what needs to be done. And I think sort of acknowledging what you are, what style you tend to and what style other people tend to in your house. If you know that maybe someone you're living with is super avoidant, you know, maybe acknowledging that in them and saying, you know, acknowledging when they are being avoidant and sort of being attuned enough to say maybe something's wrong because they're very argumentative and very competitive right now, or they're very avoidant and I never see them. So maybe something's going on and doing that service of sort of checking in on each other. I think also sort of helps mitigate the conflict that could be arising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that applies to pretty much anyone we're living with, whether yeah. it's your children that you're living with, your, your spouse, your roommate, your, maybe you're with your extended family, whatever it happens to be, right. That it can be good having those conversations with, with all parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with that being said, you know, sometimes people aren't being avoidant, they're creating healthy boundaries. And that's hard. That's when we see the difference between introverts and extroverts, and people needing time and space to to recharge. And that's partially creating healthy boundaries, which healthy boundaries when you're living sort of in a in close quarters with people for so long is going to look a little different than it did in our regular life, because Mm -hmm. we are around the same people consistently. And so that might mean going to your room for a little bit and 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 maybe announcing that or saying, you know, I, I just I just need some time. I'll be in my room. You know, I'll be back down in 30 minutes or I'm going for a walk and I just sort of need the alone time. And and so that way when we verbalize our needs, right? When we're able to set our boundaries verbally and respectfully, people don't take offense to that. Whereas if they have to fill in the blanks themselves and they're like, oh my gosh, Katie just hides in her room all day long Mm -hmm. because I don't know why you're there, you know, and that, that can also create conflict. Right. Exactly. I think too, finding activities that are restful for you and maybe really trying to work at doing those. So maybe you like cooking, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's going to be what you do and you're going to be, you know, in the kitchen making banana bread Mm -hmm. and trying some new recipe and like that, that's helpful and restful for you. And maybe that's something that you're doing alone, or maybe it's something you're doing with your child to teach them how to do that. Or maybe it's, maybe it's reading in a quiet corner, or if the weather's nice, maybe it's sitting in your backyard with a cup of coffee, you know, like giving yourself some space. Um, I think especially when we're frustrated with others, instead Mm -hmm. of just spending a ton of time in their presence and like getting more and more frustrated, sometimes we need to like take a step back, give a little distance. And work things through in our own heads before then we go back. Because, of course, obviously, when we're super mad and frustrated with someone and then we're, like, confrontational, 
it often doesn't resolve the issue in that moment. You need a little bit of space mm-hmm. and time for both parties to cool down, yeah. you know, to be able to have a real legit conversation as opposed to just an argument. Exactly. And boundaries don't have to be a reactionary measure. Right. They can also be seen as a preventative measure of being able to recognize, you know, wow, I really need. So, for example, for me, I've been working out more during this quarantine than I have probably in the past, I mean, couple of months, partially because it gives me a, it gives me sort of a break and it gives me time. I take the dog out for a run and sometimes I'll take some of my nieces and nephews with me, but you know, we'll go for a run and it's sort of, it's, and it's that quiet time. It's that time for fresh air. It's that it's sort of this me time during the day. And I'm sort of being a little particular about like, I really want to get a run in today or, you know, I'm really, I'm going to do a workout today. Um, and that's also preventative because I know that it helps with my mood. I know it helps with me managing my stress. And so if I can incorporate those boundaries and that routine into my day before I have a breakdown, before I get really angry at someone, that's a very healthy form of setting boundaries. Yeah. And like for me being so introverted, spending time in a house full of a lot of people is really difficult, right? Because it's a lot, a lot of togetherness for endless amounts of days. Um, you know, so for me, I make sure that I have a couple chunks of time in the day in which I'm with no one and I don't have music going and I don't like, I'm not adding noise to it so that I have time to like decompress, be with myself, right. Refocus. And maybe that means coloring or maybe that means reading or maybe it means something like that. And then going back and being in the midst of everything and in the midst of the chaos and the craziness. Um, but being able to take that time because that's as an introvert, what I need, like I cannot be around people mm-hmm. all day, every day mm-hmm. without going crazy. So. I, yeah. And as an extrovert, I want to be around people and I love living in love. I love living <laughs> in a full house, right. And in, in, within the chaos, but as a part of being an extrovert, like it's also quality time that you really crave. And also I think part of living with other people is recognizing their needs. So if you're living with introverts and extroverts, right, you're all coexisting right now, recognizing that the introvert is going to need some space and that the qual- the time you do spend together needs to be quality time. And so I think that's part of the beauty of, of this time. And I think mm-hmm. like if there's a silver lining in any of this, it's that should we choose to use it this time will allow us to know the people who mean the most to us better, right? We will know them much more profoundly. I think if we're, cause, because we're so together and, you know, it's been around week three now here in Illinois, but, and who knows how many more, probably four more, right? That should we use this time well, we can grow and become so much closer Um to those around us, right? We can have some deeper relationships if we choose to use that time, this time in that way. I thought about that the other day as I was out on one of my runs because I see more people out now. Ironically, I see more people out now, but it's just, it's couples and it's just family and they're not running around with friends and the parks are empty, but they're out for these long walks together. I passed a family the other day where it was like four kids, two parents, two dogs. And I was like, and they're just taking a family stroll. And I thought, wow, like, when is the last time they did that? Mm-hmm. Because life gets so busy and there's sport activities and there's meetings and there's PTA and there's all of these things that have to be done. 
when was the last time these families got to take a walk together? When was the last time that these couples got to have a meal with each other? Mm-hmm. When, and I think there's this beautiful opportunity to really come together as a family and to really, like you said, deepen these relationships. Yeah, I mean, I really see this as a time in which families can become stronger, marriages can become stronger, like friendships, relationships can become stronger because, well, partly because we all have a common enemy, but also because like Mm -hmm. we do have this, this break in time that's just very different and unique. So that I love. And I think some of the ideas that we were talking about in terms of quality time are with this in mind of like, how do you create that deeper relationship, that deeper bond? And one of the things that we've been doing um, in the family is just doing like a family game night each mm-hmm. night. Um, or like we have roomy cube going all day. And so if people just happen to be in the kitchen, like a game strikes up and we play three rounds and then, and then the game just sits on the table and then people come back later and play yeah. again. And then people come back at another time and, Probably 15 to 20 games get played throughout the entire day, but by different people and at different times. And it's just, it's kind of a nice thing to just be Mm -hmm. together in that moment. And I would say at the house that I'm staying with uh, my other sister and her children, and we have a puzzle. We always have a puzzle that's in process and progress on the table. And so you walk past and you, you put a piece or two in, or you sit there and you do it. And we're also teaching, she's got young children, so we're teaching them games that my sister and I loved playing as kids. I mean, we taught them the game of life the other day and it's just sort of this really funny and this really awesome like bonding experience that can happen through games, Mm -hmm. through board games, through puzzles, through even, I will say even they have like, I don't know, Xbox or switch Mm -hmm. kick, whatever it is. I'm not really too big into those (laughs) things, but you know, we play, like, we each have a controller and we play one or two rounds of, like, Mario Kart. And it's just this really funny, like, competitive, but in a healthy way that's also very bonding because we get to do it together now, mm-hmm. which is which is a lot of fun. And I feel like you learn so much about people by the way they play games. Yeah. You know, we were playing Monopoly last night and, like, one brother gave up after he, it was very clear he was going to lose. He was like, I'm out, right? And the other one was like trying everything he could to last as long as possible (laughs) and like trying to barter and take loans out. I mean, it's just very interesting to see the different personalities come out when you play games together and you don't have your phones usually because there's not that much going on. I feel like with the phones anymore or less in a certain way, although we do spend more time on social media maybe, but you know, like you really can have that quality time where you're not like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm missing out on something. Maybe I'm like, maybe I'm going to get a work call. Maybe I need to check my emails. Yeah. Like now nah, you can, you can probably just play Monopoly. Like it's all, it's all good. Yeah. And the other thing, I mean, in the same vein of family and quality time, uh, I mean, I know Katie and I grew up doing this, um, but I know that now every family has the opportunity to do this because everyone's home and that's family dinners. Yeah, family dinners, I think, is a huge thing. Even Mel Robbins is doing this, like, series on her Instagram account of she gets on every day and and does a short little video. Um, And the one thing she said um, in her video about having, uh, like, college age and adult young adult children home now, back Mm -hmm. again, is, like, let them do their own schedule. Let them have their own thing. Like, don't get nitpicky about certain things, but always have family dinner. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that's really profound because that really is where – conversation will be held is around the table. Absolutely. 
And um, it's an opportunity to, I mean, th- a family meal, well, food in general is a, is a cross-cultural thing. Every culture, every society comes together over food. Mm-hmm. And it's this really beautiful thing that we all share with one another um, is sitting down at table eating food together. And I think that there's this beautiful opportunity to get to know each other deeper, to be funny. I mean, there were times where like at the dinner table, we would have these funny question cards and everyone would pick a question, right, to help simulate conversation and to help your younger kids know how to have conversation and dialogue with each other. And I think it is this really beautiful opportunity that now so many families have. And so I really encourage, um, even if you're with roommates, to have a roommate's dinner and Mm -hmm. to sort of sit down and, like, take a breath with each other. Yeah, and, like, to do it without the TV on, without the Mm -hmm. phones, like, to just be in each other's presence, Mm -hmm. I think is really helpful. I do think, I mean, we in our family did have family dinner every night all the time. It was very, very rare that we did not have family dinner where almost everybody was together at the table. But I do think that's partly why, like, as a family, we're very close. You know, my mom just had her birthday um, a couple of days ago and everybody Zoomed in mm. for, like, we had a Zoom meeting, right? And everybody was there. And it was just very cool to see the screen with all the different houses, you know, my two brothers who have their own house and our sister who's living alone in her house with her dog right now. And then, you know, like, all the various families all part of this big family and coming together that way. So that's another way you can do on occasion Absolutely. kind of the extended family dinner um, to bond in this way. Yeah. And I like the idea that you had mentioned earlier about having those cards, because I think mm. the one issue now is there's nothing new with yeah, your day. What like what'd you do with your day? Well, mm-hmm. I walked upstairs and I walked downstairs and I made another <laughs> cup of coffee and you know, yeah. but to have questions, right. Or to, to dive deeper into something like this or, you know, to come up with some prompts ahead of time that maybe can move conversation mm-hmm. in one direction or another could be really helpful. And it actually, that could be another way in which you really do get to know the people you're living with yeah. in a much deeper, more profound way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know that for some people, we talked about this in a previous episode, but like cultivating gratitude, um, family dinner is another great time to do that. Uh, my sister and her kids, they go around and they say something that they're grateful for that day. And the kids can't repeat. Like if you're grateful for the same thing, you have to say it in a different way. You have to make it uniquely yours. And um, I, that there's a beautiful opportunity to do that and to hear what the other people in your life are grateful for, but to also force yourself in such trying times to be grateful for something. I think that that can also have a profound impact on our relationships and also our well-being. Mm-hmm. This is true. Even like movies together, I think, can be a really good thing. Like we've started oh doing gosh. like at dinner, yeah. we kind of talk about the different type of movie we'd like to watch that day. And then we, you know, we do dishes and then we watch a movie, right? And so, you know, we watched the new Jumanji the other night. <laughs> we watched Blues Brothers. Um, we introduced, I introduced my parents to the Tiger King. <laughs> There's oh gosh, it's it's quite entertaining, um you know. But movies can be another really great way to kind of really bring people together during this time um, around the the family together, right? Around the TV screen. And we talked about this in our last episode um, on like binge worthy flicks, but you can follow um, a film club and even like participate with everybody in your house. The film club that we, well, that Katie and I are following that the Imperfect Millennials are following is Crystal Avila Flow. We can attach her link 
to this as well, but that's a resource to sort of see like, oh, what are people watching? What are they talking about? Can I have a mini film club in, in my house? Can we come together and can we watch different types of movies? Because it is another bonding experience to sort of watch a movie together to talk about it. My nieces and nephews showed me Frozen 2 the other day. Mm-hmm. Had to watch that. It wasn't bad, actually. I laughed a couple of times. But, you know, so it is this, like, really fun bonding experience of, you know, oh, I've got this great movie. Let's mm-hmm. watch it together. There's also Netflix parties that you can have. Um, but we'll talk about that next week when we talk about, you know, how to have quality time with those you're not living with. Yeah. I think, too, one of the things that helps now with the quality time that we're in in this this unsure moment is – Being very flexible, right? Mm -hmm. Like, not trying to adhere to a very strict schedule. Not trying, I don't know, like, even not having the exact same rules, house rules, family rules that you had previously because life is very different now. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, um, the kitchen closes at 8 a.m. Well, but life is so different now. Maybe it doesn't close at 8 a.m. Or whatever it happens to be. Right. Being flexible, for sure. You know, so having that kind of flexibility and recognizing that these days aren't life like usual, Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, having that flexibility of, okay, maybe I plan to, I don't know, like, read right now, or I was going to do a puzzle, but then a couple people came down, and they're all looking for a break as well in the house. And so we're going to do something together now, Mm -hmm. or we're suddenly striking up a game of canasta or Mm -hmm. whatever you play at home. Um, Boggle, Blockus. I'm trying to think of other games. (laughs) I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, You know, but to think, like, to have a little bit of the flexibility and to give yourself kind of that grace of um, not having to adhere to a super strict schedule. Like, schedules are good, but, yeah. And I think give yourself rewards and treats I think you know there's no longer this I mean like ability to be like treat yourself Friday and on your way to work you're picking up your Starbucks like that's not really happening anymore for a lot of us and so you know what does you know do you have something to look forward to in your week and if not can you put something in there can you can you make a fun activity is it Friday night movie night and with the family or with your roommates you're doing pizza and popcorn in front of the tv and that's your dinner and that's not typically what you do but that's what you're going to do this time and that's something to look forward to I think we have to give ourselves these small things to look forward to to sort of keep us sort of very excited and very engaged I think for you know, for the couples who are living together, like, are you, are you having a date night? Are you, you mm-hmm. know, like, are you putting the kids to bed and then like having a dinner together by candlelight? Or are you like playing music and dancing together? I think don't stop working on that relationship just because you're with each other 24 seven. Maybe in fact, you do have to work on it more because you're with that same person 24 <laughs> seven, right? Like, are you still dating each other? Are you still investing in this relationship between the two of you? I think that is also really important in this time. Yeah. And I think too, like getting creative, right? Like you can play musical chairs with the kids. You can Ooh, learn yeah. new TikTok videos and like make those together. Or you can, you know, our brother is turning 21 today and usually the usual way that we do it with such a big family is we all get together and we go out on the 21st birthday and we go someplace fun and everyone picks a different place and he really wanted to go to the casinos but that's not happening and you know no one's going out so the way we did it instead is we placed a big order at Vinny's and everyone placed their favorite drink in that menu um in that order sorry and uh had curbside pickup and wrapped all of them separately and so he's doing like a little at home 21st birthday celebration and like that was the creative way in which we decided like okay how do we 
how do we cultivate this family time, right? How do we help him celebrate mm-hmm. in a time in which things are abnormal, right? Yeah. And I think that creativity now, the creativity of relationships, the creativity of dealing with your spouse or with your children or with your roommate um, can go a long way really in fostering good relationships and really building those those relationships up. Yeah. And part of that is anticipating people's needs or anticipating something that might be difficult for them and wanting, you know, we wanted to make his 21st birthday special for him. We all did. And because it's just not a super fun and ideal time. Um, but then also maybe asking asking people what they need, maybe sitting down and being like, what do we all need in this time? What are we all missing? And like having that conversation, like maybe your kids are missing their friends that they used to see every single day at school or that they used to hang out with after school. Maybe they're missing their soccer team. All right. Like what can we do? How can we be creative? Maybe we zoom their soccer team or, or I'm sort of missing this, you know, whatever routine in the morning that we used to have before we went to school. Okay. Like how can we sort of creatively meet each other's needs during this time but that also has to be a conversation of like what are we missing what are our joys what are our like sorrows Mm -hmm. in this time living together and like how can I be there for you you know you can do that do this a lot in like business and stuff like that but like everyone gets a pack of sticky notes Hmm. and you write down like what you want to do or Mm -hmm. you know things you want to accomplish and kind of stick them on a wall grouped together and like oh I want to read a book and then oh if a bunch of people want to read a certain book yeah Right? Then you, you make a book night, a book reading night, cool. and you create a little Starbucks mm-hmm. room in your living room or whatever. And then if a bunch of people are like, oh, really want to, I don't know, watch the whole Harry Potter series, you're like, all yeah. right, like next weekend is Harry Potter marathon. You might need more than two days for that. But anyway, I don't know. But you know, like thinking it through that way, but like having people write them down and kind of put them someplace mm-hmm. that's common to be seen and then just kind of work through it. It's fun to do list. Cause yeah. then you're acknowledging, you know, the desires of other people. You're trying to make it work. You're seeing where there are similar desires that maybe you didn't even know, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe three people wanted to watch something or read something or, or do something or learn how to make banana bread or whatever. And Oh, we could do that together. Yeah. That's a really good idea. And then obviously I think another thing that we need to maintain um, for sort of the relationships with each other, but also our well-being is sleep. I think it's super tempting to like stay up till four in the morning binging shows because like we sort of don't have to get up by a certain time and like just make sure you're getting enough sleep. And maybe that means for some of us, we're taking naps during the day or you're going to bed early or you're, you're going to bed early and waking up when you typically do or you're going to bed late and sleeping in, you know, sort of just making sure that you're not losing sleep during this time. Right. Because you're just like up binging Netflix or you're up just doing whatever. Right. right? I think, yeah. Cause sleep to me, it's one of the biggest um, issues when you have like relationship problems with anything is like often it's just from tiredness. Like mm-hmm. I'm just exhausted and therefore I have less patience or yeah. I'm just exhausted. And now that thing that you do that kind of, kind of annoys me is like super hella annoying yeah yeah right so the sleep can really help us just have a more balanced mental look at things mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and we talked about that in one of our previous episodes on sort of it was a really short episode it was just sort of maintaining your mental health during this time of quarantine and social distancing so uh, feel free to go check that one out again um, to sort of we give some tips on how to maintain and sleep is one of those suggestions we have of maintaining your mental emotional and physical well-being during this time not gonna lie I'm like the biggest proponent of sleep I'm like <laughs> if I don't get eight hours at night I'm like a zombie I'm like not a nice person 
Well, most people need a significant amount of sleep. I know. But most people don't get it. So that's why I'm always like, get sleep, get sleep, get sleep. Everyone go to bed. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Something else that I just thought of is sort of enacting or instilling quiet time during your day in your house. If you're with little kids, um, they're all home e-learning or whatever it may be, it might be like quiet time. Some of them might go down for a nap. Some of them might, but like an hour to two hour like chunk of time in your day of like, this is quiet time. And that might mean you're reading or you're coloring or you're doing work or maybe you're just at home like with roommates or whatever and everyone is still working and people are listening to different music in their rooms and there's a lot of noise and chaos and like whatever and a lot of movement in the house instilling these times these like periods of like okay from noon to two it's quiet time so if someone needs to take a nap or if someone needs a break or if someone needs to recharge or Mm -hmm. that you know the music is quiet and people are because I think we also sort of have to cultivate we still have to cultivate silence and not sort of get like lost in sort of the hustle and the bustle and like everybody else's noise that they're contributing to the living space yeah and I do think I mean, this is going back to our silence episode, but um, silence right now I think is really scary because mm. life is really scary right now and silence gives us the chance to think about those things. And so I think yeah. probably for a lot of us, we are avoiding silence mm. these days because it's really scary. But um, to take Mona's phrase that she uses all the time, I think that's something we have to lean into, <laughs> right? Um, like lean into the silence and, and g- give yourself the gift of some silence every day. Yeah. Right? Because then you can emotionally deal with what's going on. You can think this through. You can, you'll be much better off in the long run in your mental health and probably in your physical health and all of that too if you give yourself some silence each day to kind of work through this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And too, I think establishing some quiet times or silent hours or whatever, especially for those of you who are working from home, is probably also really helpful because otherwise... You know, it's like ADD of the brain constantly, like, running from one thing to the next and, like, all this noise and blah, 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 mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. trying to work. Um, but, like, okay, you know, every day from 2 to 4 is the time in which I'm really going to buckle down and, like, get my work done and answer those emails and whatever can be very helpful, too. Yeah, absolutely. I also think this is a weird time where there's, oddly, like, a lot of social pressure for, like, different things. Because everyone thinks you should be spending your social isolation in a particular way. Like... You go to the grocery store and people are giving you side eyes because, like, you stepped a little too close to them. Or, you know, like, people are throwing hand sanitizer at you. Like, what, you know, like, there's a lot. But what I would say is, you know, recognize what you need to do and and do that. So, like, you need to go for a very long walk with a friend and people are giving you weird looks because, you know, you and your roommate are out for a walk and you're not six feet apart. Like, you know, you're living with that person. You're already quarantined with them. Like, go for that long walk. And sort of, you know, I think a lot of people also have, like, ideas and tips of, like, what to do during this quarantine time. And maybe you didn't get a workout in today and you're not going to, like, you know, come out of quarantine with a six-pack. And that's okay. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Maybe you're not writing the great American novel that you really want to write someday. Like, maybe that's not happening now. And that's okay, too, right? Like, I think sometimes we put a lot of pressure. And I think it depends on the person. Yeah. I think, like, there are two types of people who are quarantining right yeah. now. The people who are putting so much pressure on themselves to get a ton done. I will admit that's totally me. And then people who are like, screw that, I'm not getting anything done. And, like, I will watch the entire Netflix catalog. Yeah. Right? Of everything available. Yeah. Twice over if I've already seen yeah, it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and, like, and then normal life will begin again once this is all over. Yeah, and I think, I mean, probably both are sort of dangerous <laughs> ways to go about it. All out. Right? 
the balance is, is an important thing. Balance is key. Absolutely. I agree. This is true. I would love to know what you guys are doing now to kind of create this quality time and create better, more lasting relationships with the people that you are mm. um, quarantining with. So, you know, if you have things that we didn't talk about or mm. maybe something that we talked about, but you do a little differently, we would love to hear it. Shoot us an email, drop in our DMs on Instagram with the Imperfect Millennials. Just let us know, right? We're always curious um, as to what you guys are up to. And since we're all in this together, um, yeah. you know, it's it's cool to know what other people are up to. With that being said, we hope you tune in next week as we talk about part two, quality time with those you cannot see, um, you know, those who you're not social isolating, distancing with uh, in your in your house. So, you know, how do we navigate those relationships with the people that we're not with? So tune in next week for that. Mm-hmm. And we hope you are all healthy um, mentally and physically <laughs> during this yeah. time. Um, we are all in this together. So, but do reach out. Like we, you know, we're on Instagram a lot. We're checking our emails. So, Absolutely. you know, if you have something you want us to cover in these weeks ahead, something you want to hear in the podcast, let us know. We're happy to take suggestions now. Obviously, this is a unique time. And so, our um, normally scheduled podcasts do not apply and will not work these days. So, you know, let us know what you do want to hear. Uh, yeah. And we are happy to accommodate. You can email us at hello at the imperfect millennials.com or you could slide into our DMs on Insta at the imperfect millennials. Trust the process. And remember, we're thriving, not just surviving. Imperfectly yours. Katie. And Mona. 